All right. Ready to go on? Ready. Okay. Today, we're taking a different direction with this episode of Stories from the Floodplain. We look inward and discuss some good news regarding rules for the cleanup of coal ash waste in the state of Illinois. We're joined by Andrew Rain at PRN. Jeff Comstead sits in as our host, so I'll let him take it from here. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Stories from the Floodplain, our ongoing conversation with environmental leaders and thinkers. I'm Jeff Comstead, Communications and Outreach Coordinator with Prairie Rivers Network, and today I'm joined by PRN's Water Resources Engineer, Andrew Rain. He works on coal ash and energy policy at Prairie Rivers. How are you doing today, Andrew? I'm doing good. How are you, Jeff? I'm good. Today we wanted to talk about coal ash, what it is, what are the dangers it poses, and the new coal ash rules that the Illinois Pollution Control Board have issued. Um, so, Andrew, can you tell me a little bit about uh, coal ash and what uh, what are its dangers? Yeah. So coal ash is the byproduct of burning coal, similar to if you had a campfire and there's ash left over afterwards. Um, but coal ash is created in fairly massive quantities. We have coal plants that have been operating, burning coal day in, day out for decades. Uh, and the, the storage of that coal ash that has happened for decades is putting it in large piles called coal ash impoundments. Um, and that coal ash is uh, has chemicals in it that are, are sort of, well, coal actually naturally has chemicals in it, uh, heavy metals, uh, other other chemicals of concern, radium. Um, and the that those chemicals get concentrated when you burn the ash and it ends up in uh, something we call the bottom ash, which is the stuff that stays at the bottom of, of the of the boiler. There's also uh, the fly ash, uh, which air pollution technology captures. So it was, it was trying to leave the smokestack, but air pollution technology reclaims that and puts it in the same waste stream as the bottom ash. And then as we've gotten better air pollution technology, uh, things like flue gas desulfurization, uh, those waste streams also all ended up in the ash waste stream. So as we improved our air technology, well, that pollution didn't just disappear. It was just turned into a different form, stored in, in the ash waste stream, which goes into these impoundments. Now, many of these impoundments were built decades ago, uh, so they have no liner. It's essentially, they'll, they'll dig a little hole, build a wall around it, and start filling that space with coal ash. So it's ash on dirt. Uh, that means that the, the ash is exposed to, to rain. It's also exposed to regional groundwater, the water that's below all of our feet. Uh, that wets the ash, leaches out contamination, and then that goes into the groundwater, and it can also flow into surface water like we see at the Middle Fork. So how many of these pits do we have uh, across the state? Yeah, it's a little hard to count. Um, there are uh, 24, 25 power plants, uh, depending on how you count them, that have coal ash ponds in Illinois. Uh, those, and each of those sites can have you know, anywhere between one and five coal ash ponds. So uh, there's quite a few. And uh, some, some of the counts have them up at like 70, 80. Um, again, it's all going to depend on sort of how you count them. You get into some, some details. But in, in terms of volume, this is one of the largest waste streams that we have. Uh, and a single coal ash pond uh, can be something like 1.6 uh, million cubic yards. Uh, these, are, these are huge, huge storage piles of waste. Uh, the Middle Fork, for example, that at the Vermilion Power Station, they have two and a half Empire State Buildings worth of coal ash there. So we could have built the Empire State Building two and a half times out of coal ash. Um, so so it's it's a lot, uh, and uh, 
and it's at a, a ton of these sites. And, and at 22 of those sites uh, of the power plants, uh, we found that they were we were polluting the groundwater. So nearly every single one of these sites is impacting the groundwater. Uh, and that's based on industry data that we collected in 2018 uh, for, for a report that we called Cap and Run. And you can find that online at illinoiscoalash.org. But uh, but we we looked at every site and and there there's groundwater impacts at at almost every single site. That's crazy that there's just so much of it all across the state. The the uh, Illinois Pollution Control Board has come up with some new rules for coal ash. Um, can you kind of give us the background as to how we got to this point? Yeah, so it's been uh, it's been a long journey, and I think for many communities, uh, they would say it's been an extremely long journey. I know that, uh, for example, Prairie Rivers Network got involved uh, on the coal ash in the Middle Fork issue in 2012, um, and communities that have had this coal ash pond sitting uh, on their doorsteps have been uh, dealing with this for as long as it's been there. Uh, but if you go back two years ago in 2019, uh, we passed the Coal Ash Pollution Prevention Act in Illinois, and that is sort of the the sort of landmark moment that is bringing us in this direction. And uh, that bill uh, directed the Illinois EPA and the Illinois Pollution Control Board to develop rules that would regulate coal ash, and it and it went and put some guardrails on that rulemaking process uh, because it's a very technical issue. Uh, you have to do it in a rulemaking. Uh, you wouldn't just at least. We didn't just legislate those rules. They are, they're going to be developed through a deliberative process. Um, but we also got from that rulemaking or from the, the bill, which created the rulemaking, also created financial assurances so that uh, companies have to put up money to pay for the coal ash ponds. It also created a funded uh, program in Illinois EPA uh, so that there would be staff to, to go through all of this permitting that's going to be required uh, in order to make sure that these ponds are dealt with in a, in a safe and responsible uh, manner. So the bill passed, and uh, starting in March uh, last year, uh, we began a formal rulemaking process. And the entity in Illinois that makes rules is the Illinois Pollution Control Board, at least for environmental rules. Uh, so they held a series of hearings over the last year. Despite COVID, uh, we went forward with an aggressive timeline that was required by the bill and had some uh, remote hearings. That, that had some people in person, but were generally remote. We had um, over 100 people, uh, uh, members of the public, call into these hearings and share their concerns about coal ash. And we had our uh, incredible legal and technical team uh, made up of folks from Earth Justice, Environmental Law and Policy Center, Sierra Club, uh, really weigh in and dig in uh, in some of these week-long hearings on the technical details. Uh, taking all that in, the Pollution Control Board went into a sort of closed door setting. Uh, and then they came out uh, this this fall, February, they, they announced proposed rules. And there was a final step where another entity approves them. But a few days ago, we finally got that approval. And so we have finalized uh, Illinois coal ash rules that will govern uh, how coal ash is, ponds are operated and, and closed in the state. Now that we have these rules that are final what uh, what do the rules actually say like what did what did we get out of it yeah so uh what we got is is a is a, a long process coming up the companies will be doing a side-by-side -side analysis of, of what they're going to do with these ponds and how they're going to they're going to close them almost all of these ponds have to close they're required to close by a federal rule uh, because they're dangerous and polluting um, 
The question is, how does that happen? So these these rules will uh, create a very in-depth public participation process for each of those closures. We're going to have access to all the documents uh, that the companies are going to produce in order to justify their closure plans. There's also requirements that are going to make sure that those companies are fully exploring all of the possible alternatives. One thing that we saw in the past was that oftentimes they just wouldn't look at options that they didn't want to do because maybe they were too expensive or because they felt like they didn't want to pay for them. Um, we, we've got a, a really robust process that I think is going to answer the questions, uh, really understand what's happening here and what is going to be the best outcome for the environment. Um, so that's going to happen at, at all these ponds and um, it's a lot. And so it's going to be prioritized. So Illinois EPA will probably tell us what the first few will be in a, in a few months and then we'll deliberate all of, over all of those. There'll be a public hearing. There'll be a response to comments from the public. And then we'll do it again at the next site and again at the next site. So to be honest, we're in for a bit of a marathon here as all of the ponds that need to close in Illinois start to close. And, uh, and communities will, uh, will have to be uh, ready to, to speak up, attend hearings, uh, write comments. Um, and I know that groups like ourselves and other groups in the state will be there to, to support and help out. Um, I know I'm going to be reviewing all of these closure plans, and uh, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot. But um, it, it you know it really is is a level of of engagement and involvement from the public that uh, that we we haven't had so far. So it, it could, could be a real game changer. But again, it is going to come down to to each site, and uh, and we'll just have to see. Uh, how the conversation develops. These early hearings are going to be very telling for for what happens. You know how these rules actually play out. We're all going to be learning a lot. What else did we get out of the board's decision? Yeah. So in addition to finalizing rules and regulations uh, around coal ash impoundments, uh, the board responded to a request that environmental groups were making and that members of the public were making throughout the rulemaking process, which is it's not just about these impoundments. There's coal ash in landfills. There's coal ash scattered throughout some of these sites. We know that, for example, at many of the Midwest Gen uh, sites, there's coal ash that's been used to fill land here, or maybe used a building is built on it, or uh, just an old storage pile that they stopped using, but left some coal ash behind it. These are sort of outside of the scope of what the rules that were passed cover. And we knew that and we said, hey, let's solve the whole problem. Let's not solve part of it. So the board heard us and, and what they've done in response is they've opened a new rulemaking docket. And pretty soon we're gonna learn what that looks like. But what the outcome we're hoping to get out of it is that we'll have rules that cover these gaps. Uh, there's a lot more than just impoundments and we'll have rules that cover sort of coal ash holistically so that we're not missing any specific part of this. And we can really make sure that we're not leaving behind coal ash in, in parts just because it wasn't in an impoundment. Um, so this is it's another really exciting outcome uh, and a big win, I think, of the rulemaking process and of the, the public input that we've had where there was just you know a chorus of people saying, hey, solve the whole problem, not part of it. Uh, and the board really, they really heard that and took it to heart. With all that, what's, what's the next step for coal ash in Illinois? Like, where do we go from here? Yeah. So um, one thing that we want to do, Prairie Rivers Network and some of our partners, is put together a uh, sort of maybe a how-to manual or a how-to presentation for communities that have coal ash. There's this new rule. How does it affect you? What can you expect? What are the steps for you to make sure that you know your voice is being heard about what happens 
to this major pollution source in your community. So uh, I'd say stay tuned and um, you know, hopefully that will be uh, available soon. Uh, the, the rules are, are long and, and complex and we're trying to you know, really uh, boil those down into something that, that is uh, manageable for, for community groups to take on and, and sort of follow up on. So stay tuned for that and, and we'll have that available soon. Well, I want to thank you, Andrew, for all the work you're doing and for joining us on this episode of Stories from the Floodplain. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you to Andrew for his work and for contextualizing these new rules for us, and to Jeff for hosting. As Andrew pointed out, this work takes significant time, effort, and collaboration with partners and communities all over the state. But we're continuously thankful we get to celebrate outcomes like this. If you'd like to support the work Andrew and PRN does, visit prairierivers.org to donate and become a member. Thank you for your support, and we'll see you next time.